0: If your team
1: got guaranteed money, tell them call me. Whoop. Make me say, my, ma my, my. I done been around the world. Yeah, I was made for this. Player
2: Performance
1: with J.A. Cavalier.
2: My fellow d welcome back to another episode of Player Performance. I am J.A. Cavalier. We are on absolute fire on this show. Back-to-back-to-back to back to back weeks, four and two, all picks and leans. Best bet cashing all three weeks. But we're not going for 6-0 this week. Nope, we're adding to it. We are going for 8-0 on this show this week. We already have our books on their knees. Now it's time to kick their teeth in. We're gonna get into NFL week four in just a second. First, let's recap week three with Tessa Hall. Back
1: it up. One more time. All right, let's
2: see that again.
3: NFL week three recap. We might have to jail Adam Gase because Sam Darnold is good and the Panthers are rolling. The Chiefs are a last place team. Yes, you heard that right. The Chargers pulled an epic upset. The Cards allowed a kick-six, but they didn't allow the Jags to take home a win. Justin Fields, same Bears. Chicago was steamrolled in the mistake on the lake. Heineke might have played hungover. The Bills rolled them in Buffalo. The Colts aren't enjoying this new Carson Wentz marriage and their 0-3 start. The up-and-down Saints are back up on their roller coaster with a double-digit win over the Pats. The Falcons finally get a big win, but it came over the Giants, so it may not actually count. It's confirmed that Big Ben will play with his walker next week after another loss, this time to Burroughs Bengals. Justin Tucker is the GOAT and now owns the longest field goal in NFL history after a 66-yarder to win it. The Jets are rethinking everything about the last draft after they are shut out in Denver. It took a full five quarters, but Vegas is continuing to throw it all in black and win. The Super Bowl champs are back on Earth and their 10-game win streak has been snapped thanks to Stafford and the Rams. The Hawks are spiraling in the West after the Vikings clean them out. The Niners gave Rodgers too much time and he called in his hitman Crosby to finish the job. There is no better sleeping pill than a Monday night NFC East battle with Dallas bleeding Philly to death. That's your NFL Week 3 Recap.
2: Thank you, Tessa. Big Mike's going to join us a little bit later in the show. Guys, remember to subscribe and like. Appreciation is always appreciated. Those of you looking to get involved with premium service, links in the description below. All right, guys, we are locked. We are loaded. We are ready to roll. The money train is pulling out right into NFL week four.
3: Texans at
2: Bills. The Buffalo Bills are laying 17. The total is set at 48. This is probably my best bet of the week. I've been riding the under in Bills games. It paid off the first two weeks of the season. I didn't touch it last week, but I'm going back to the well in this one. First off, I'm not laying 17 points in the NFL. I don't care who the team is laying the points, and I don't really even care who the team is getting the points for that matter. Remember, Houston was extremely competitive to start the season, but that was with Tyrod Taylor. I don't know exactly what I'm getting from Davis Mills. He was able to keep it close last week in a low-scoring game against Carolina, but I do know that they have three quality running backs— David Johnson, Phillip Lindsay, and Mark Ingram. If I'm the OC, it's a heavy dose of the trio. There really is only one play for Houston in this game. Josh Allen on the sideline, Josh Allen on the sideline, Josh Allen on the sideline. The more time he spends on the sidelines, the less time he spends throwing 40, 50, 60-yard bombs to Diggs and Sanders. They had to see the same things I saw last week. They had to see Josh Allen returning to MVP form. 358 yards, four touchdowns, and a QBR of 129. The Texans cannot afford to get into a shootout in this game, not against this Buffalo Bills defense, a much improved Buffalo Bills defense. It was the weakness last year. It may be their strength this season. Fourth in total yards and points scored. Houston has to slow the game down, limit Allen's face time. Listen, f- full transparency Bills can score 30 points in. In this game and it still goes under the total so give me the under the posted total of 48 in this game I don't believe this game ever threatens the total Panthers at Cowboys so the Cowboys are now up to five the total is set at 50 and a half I was ready to jump on this game early but I backed off as of now it's either a pass or a Dallas lean And I may change closer to game time. See, for me, there's a bunch of questions swirling around this game. And oddly, it's not Carolina that's the team in question. See, I know what the Panthers are. A well-coached defense-first football team. Offense is going to score in the low 20s. It's what I thought coming into the season, and it's what they've shown me through three games. My questions surround the Dallas Cowboys. Is this team for real? More so, is this defense different? What I've noticed through three games is a young, energetic team that flies around the field. People in the league, people much smarter than I am, they're calling them, and I quote, hands down top five. Jalen Smith becoming the player he was drafted to be. Micah Parsons is a superstar. Diggs is playing with the confidence of a Jalen Ramsey. I also like the addition of Malik Hooker on the top end, and the biggest addition, of course, Dan Quinn. This guy turned a doormat into a defense. His blitz packages and cover schemes confused even Brady. What's it going to do to Sam Darnold? Sam is still untested in Carolina. He's facing a team that leads the league in takeaways. They also stop the run and they get home. Carolina has some weapons on offense, but not enough to get into a shootout with Dallas. Remember, two of the three Panther wins were against the Jets and the Texans. So obviously the stats are going to be padded. What happens in Week Four when they're playing from behind? Too many questions for me around this game. I would lean Dallas. I would also lean under the posted total. J. A. Cavaliers Pro Football Triple Crown:
1: three NFL games for this Sunday. Three straight, three two-team parlays. One week, ninety-nine dollars. His Pro Football Triple Crown must go three and zero, or the entire NFL season is free. J.A. Cavaliers Pro Football Triple Crown. Link in the description below. Click the link now and jump on the money train.
3: Titans at Jets.
2: The Tennessee Titans are laying 7.5. The total is set at 46. You have to take Tennessee in this spot. Really, there's no other play. Titans are going to run the ball, control the clock, control the game you hear me talk a lot about tempo when it comes to basketball. Very rare is it that a team gets to dictate tempo in a football game, but Tennessee does. The Titans get to determine the pace at which this game is going to be played. Their defense may be a liability, but maybe in a game like this, the best defense is going to be a New York Jets offense. A team that scored a total of 20 points this season, total of 20 points, three games, 20 points. They ranked dead last in the NFL. Remember, the Titans averaged 30 points a game last season. Embarrassed week one against Arizona. But since then, they went on the road, hung 33 on Seattle. Last week, 25 at home against Indianapolis. So if the Titans are going to score 30 or come close to it, do you really feel comfortable the Jets are going to put up 20? That would double their season total. Much like the Jaguars, the Jets are going to have to show me I'm not in love with the 7.5, probably by the half a point. Close my eyes, lay the touchdown with the Titans. I'm going to call this a Tennessee 35 and the New York Jets. A very generous 17, though nothing from that offense says that they're going to get to 17. Still, take the Titans, lay the points.
3: Chiefs at Eagles.
2: Kansas City Chiefs laying 7.5, the over-under set at 54. After what you've seen Monday night, how do you trust Philadelphia? Philadelphia. How do you trust Jalen Hurts? They lose that game by 20, but it was so much worse than that. The Eagles scored seven on a fumble recovery, added a touchdown late in garbage time. See, for me, it's the lack of offense in back to back weeks. Defensively, they actually hung around San Francisco, but no defense is going to be successful when they're on the field that much. The questions for Kansas City are much easier can they cover a fucking spread? Not really concerned about the back-to-back losses. In fact, losing to the Ravens and Chargers is respectable. And I get everyone anointed this team to Super Bowl champs coming in. I just don't understand why. What league do they watch? Certainly not the NFL. You cannot consistently win in the NFL just outscoring everyone. Offensive line ended the season with huge gaps in it. And defensively, have they improved? Not from what I've seen. Full transparency, the Chiefs for me, fade material. Even when they win... They don't cover. And I understand, but Jay, it's the Eagles Monday night. Yeah, they were brutal. I get it. And sometimes the most difficult thing to do as a handicapper is to forget what you've just seen. It's hard to erase the images from Monday night, but the numbers are all that matters. And you're not going to make a living betting the NFL by laying more than a touchdown on the road. Now, when you have a top five running team against the 31st ranked run defense. That alone is enough to take me off the Chiefs in this spot. It's also enough to push me towards the over 54. You have the recipe for a shootout in this game. We know the Chiefs are going to score points. And we know that they rank in the bottom of the league in most defensive categories. We know offense is going to be the focus in Philadelphia this week. They will be able to run the ball on Sunday That's going to open up the play action pass down the field. Smith and Rieger are more than capable of taking the top off. I love the over in this spot. Way over the posted total of 54. 54.
1: If you can comfortably move $1,000 or better, and you are looking for one game to send it in on this weekend, we have the game for you. J.A. Cavalier's 100-star NFL monster. He feels you can move on this game as if it has already been played. And why not? His 100-star NFL monsters have been perfect the last two seasons. Get this game right now for just $299. Link in the description below. J.A. Cavalier will be unloading on one game this weekend. Get it now. Just $299. Link in the description below
2: lions at bears chicago bears minus three the total is set at 43 like the lions in this spot i actually love the lions in this spot this number surprises me i think the wrong team is favored this is going to be my upset special of the week detroit lions plus three from a schedule standpoint no team has had a harder start to the season you face the san francisco 49ers followed by a pissed off Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay Packer team on a Monday night after they got their teeth kicked in by the New Orleans Saints. And then you go home and face the Baltimore Ravens. Well, they controlled the first half against the Green Bay Packers and led for most of that. Series of unfortunate events in the second and couldn't sustain drives. They also had the Ravens on the ropes. Actually, they had the Baltimore Ravens beat, gave up a fourth and 19 and a 66 yard field goal. Well, what's the narrative against Lamar Jackson? Win on first and second force him to make throws down the field they did and he did but you're not going to lose too many like that they didn't quit they didn't stop fighting I love their DNA they've taken on the identity of their head coach hey Dan Campbell we all thought this was some crazy gorilla walking into a press conference hopped up on way too much coffee but this team is really bought in they fight tooth and nail size of the fight in the dog not the most talented team couple of nice pieces tight end Hawkinson and Swift with that running back, Jared Goff. Jared Goff is definitely an above-average quarterback, underrated and undervalued in Los Angeles. Listen, they didn't get to the Super Bowl solely on the back of McVeigh blatant pass interference on Cooks that was never called, or they beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Goff had to have something to do with that. See, I know what I'm going to get from the Detroit Lions. They're going to show up. They're going to play hard. I can't say the same for Chicago. They just gave up nine sacks last week, one net passing yard. One yard passing, nearly impossible to do. They did it. Detroit went into Soldier Field last year and beat the Chicago Bears. They're going to do it again this year. This Lions team is actually better than they were last year. This Bears team has regressed. Matt Nagy has lost the locker room. I like the Detroit Lions not just to cover the spread, I like the Lions to win this game on the field, picking up their first dub of the season.
3: Giants at Saints.
2: Saints are laying eight, over under is 43. And I like the Giants here in this spot. A lot of value against the New Orleans Saints. Saquon Barkley's slowly starting to get his explosiveness back. Daniel Jones isn't handing the ball over as often. No interceptions on the season. And coming into this year, that was the biggest concern surrounding Jones. Listen, the Giants lost their last two games by a combined two seconds and four points. Lost both games on last second field goals. Against Washington, the offense showed up, but the defense didn't. It was opposite last week against Atlanta. The defense kept them in the game. The Giants just need to put together a complete game on both sides of the ball. They've been competitive. They just need to finish. The good thing for us this week, we only need them to be competitive. We don't need them to finish. Just be competitive. Just keep the game close. And they will. I expect them to stay inside what's a very fat eight. The Saints have no business laying eight points in this spot. The defense has played lights out, but offensively, smoke and mirrors. All this talk about Jameis Winston, the passing game ranks 31st in the league. All the trends favor the under in this spot, but I actually see this game differently. The opportunities are going to be down the field. The Giants are going to have to open it up. New Orleans is tough against the run, but ranked 15th against the pass. So there's going to be holes in the secondary. New York will need to exploit those holes. They need to put the money they spent in the off-season to work for them in this game. You may not want the points. You may not even need the points. But take the points. Giants plus eight. G-Men cover this game.
1: Put him in the fucking bedroom. Get him out of here. Come on. You can't, baby. Push back through Murphy's Law. Anything that can go wrong, will go wrong.
0: You're a fucking jinx. Buffalo minus the 13 playing Old Dominion. And what happens here? I'm up 35 to 7 at halftime. 35 to 7 dominated. I call Jay and I say, Jay, I told you you should have been on this game. This one's in the bag. I'm sitting there sipping my whiskey and having a great time. So the second half starts. What happens? First possession, Buffalo fumble. Second possession, punt. Third possession, punt. Fourth possession, punt. Fifth possession, punt. Sixth possession, punt. The next thing you know, the score is 35 to 34. I'm I'm just, I'm livid. I cannot stand it. How the fuck can you blow a lead? Buffalo runs 20 plays, a total of 39 total offensive yards. Absolutely ass nine. So then on Sunday, I'm, I'm, I'm refreshed. I'm ready to go. I'm back at it. I have over 54 and a half in the Chargers Chiefs game now listen no business in even being in the game towards the end of the fourth quarter and it's a it's 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 a long shot the Chargers are in field goal position but somehow Brandon Staley has a brain, a brainwash he goes for it on fourth gets it then gets the ball all the way down to the goal line and instead of running the clock and kicking a field goal this guy elects to go on first down first down and he passes the ball touchdown I'm like Holy shit, let's go, let's go. I'm feeling great. The score's sitting at 54 before the point after touchdown. And then, boom, goddamn, another kicker. Extra point goes wide left. Total is stuck at 54 points. The problem is, this is the second time in the day this asshole has missed a point after touchdown. Do your job. Uh, first of all, and, and, and this is a chip shot
2: that my niece could have made. Holy shit, total bullshit. Listen, if there's a bad beat, Big Mike is almost guaranteed to be on the wrong side of the bad beat. I've seen blocked field goals return for touchdowns, pick sixes late in games. You know the flippity-flop thing they do at the end of the game when there's only a couple seconds left? I remember um, it was around Christmas time. The Raiders had one return for a touchdown against them. Mike called me up fucking screaming. I'm telling you, there is nobody more appropriately named them big Mike the Mush.
3: Seahawks at
2: 49ers. 49ers laying two and a half. The total is set at 52. So this game opens up at 50. The originators bang it to 52 and a half. And since it's come back down to 52, I right, producers looking at me like I have two heads. Let me explain. Lines get made, houses post lines but it's usually the originator that sets the line. Originator is a fancy word used by sportsbooks for sharps. Every sportsbook has a group it offers lines to right before open or immediately after. This tells them if their line is right or if the line needs to be adjusted. See, the biggest myth is that sportsbooks don't take or don't want sharp money. Of course they do. They want all money. And remember this, for every sharp move, there's an equal and an opposite sharp move. It's not as if all sharp money flows together now i don't know who the originator is in this case but i will tell him right now he's dead wrong completely off this game is going under the posted total the line has not adjusted enough and we tend to take full advantage of that one game in this series out of the last five goes over this particular total the other four 26 to 23 26 to 21 27 to 24 and 26 to 23 All four stay under this total. The under has also hit in nine of Seattle's last 12 games. I get that Seattle just gave up 33 and 30 back-to-back weeks. Defense allowed 458 yards and 28 first downs to Minnesota. But much like the total in this game, adjustments need to be made. Let's start with time of possession. Seattle is dead last in time of possession. You help your defense by running the ball. And San Francisco tends to play slow on offense as well. This game is going to be played in the low 20s. Take the under the posted total. On another note, and as I stated, I'm not on the game itself. Maybe early in the season, but it really feels like a must win for Seattle. Division game on the road, never easy. But what do they have on deck? Short week. Thursday night, they have to play the Rams. So it's not crazy to think that the Seahawks could start this season one and four. Cardinals at Rams. Los Angeles Rams are laying six. The total is now up to 54 and a half. So both of these teams come in three and zero, but the Rams three and zero feels a lot different, doesn't it? No one can argue, at least not argue with a straight face. The Rams are the best team in the NFL right now. I mean, who beats them? Complete team, both sides of the ball. And we all thought Stafford was a good quarterback, but how many of us knew he was this good? I certainly didn't. But what he's doing in LA has to have people questioning their careers. I'm going to make this one short and simple. I'm not on the Rams in this spot. I am, however, on the over 54 and a half. I expect plenty of points in this game. The total open to 53, already up to 54 and a half. 38, 34, 31, those are the Cardinal point totals thus far this season. Rams not far behind, pair of 34s and a 27. All three Ram games over the posted total. A ton of firepower in this game. You know the cast. Kyler Murray, A.J. Green, Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup. Add in a couple villains, Buddha Baker, Jalen Ramsey. Defense may actually get on the board in this game. Turnovers do lead to points. This game is going way over the posted total of 54.5 Love the over in this spot. Give me the over 54 and a half. Day, week, month, and season packages
1: available on
2: com. That's the letter Y, L-O-S-E dot com. That's right. Get to YLose.com. Something for everyone on the site. So here it is. What everyone's been waiting for. NFL best bet for the show. I am going under 48 in the Buffalo Bill Houston Texans game. Full transparency, I really love the card this week. If you're not yet a member, I strongly suggest you get involved. My pro football triple crown, we are looking to unload this week. Three straight, three two-team parlays. I love the card. I'm just seeing the board really clear right now. Call in final scores. It's time to hop on. Link in the description below or simply get to Ylose.com. That's the letter Y-L-O-S-E dot Remember to subscribe and like. If you disagree with the picks, go ahead. Give us a big fat thumbs down. Haters are always welcome. That's our show for this week. I am J.A. Cavalier for Tessa Hall and Big Mike from the group home. See you back here next week with NFL Week 4. Until then, remember that with your head, not above it. Day, week, month, and season packages available on whylose.com.
1: That's the letter Y, L O S E.com.